podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, yo. When I spit bars in a rave, I'm gonna go hard last and tan. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to this week's off-season episode of Copper and Frackers, powered by Touchline Media Group. I am your host, Carlito. Sorry, Chris, um, as you, if you are watching on YouTube, I'm in my very tropical shirt here. I'm really enjoying the vibes. Liverpool season's over. We can kind of unwind, watch the Euros, and to really focus on transfers for the next few weeks. And joining me today to talk about all things LFC... I've got Peter and Fahi. Gentlemen, how are you doing after this long bank holiday weekend? The sun is shining. The weather is sweet. We've been smoking on far too many off packs this weekend. Um, that I think we're still a little bit kind of woozy for our off it, in all honesty. I'll go first. Salam alaikum. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while, man. I've not been on for a while. But yeah, man, th- this week this week has been great. This week has been great. Every day I wake up. And I'm smoking a new op pack. If it's not Man U, it's Man City. If it's not Man City, it's Everton. It's honestly just been... It's like the footballing gods have decided to bless us since that third place finish. Literally, it's been the week of heaven. And it ends with Trent getting into the England team. I couldn't give a fuck about England. But the fact Trent gets in to rattle everyone else just makes it so much sweeter. The perfect week. So much sweeter. So much sweeter. Peter... How are you feeling smoking on that up pack? Yeah, again, this week. Yeah, man, it's, it's lovely. You know, the, the sun's out and I couldn't wish for a better a better up pack, really, to be honest, because I feel like we had such, like, a terrible, like, period of the season. And then, like, you see how they say, like, it plays out. Like, it's all starting to play out now. Like, oh, it's all coming to work <laughs> back in our favour. We're starting to just chill. And, yeah, man, just, I'm just living life, you know? Taking one day as it comes and, yeah. So what they say, all good things come in freeze, but all things that are shit also come in freeze as well. So I think we can safely say that we had our shit freeze earlier and we had our good freeze toward the end of the season. Of course, Liverpool right. finishing third, ironically, in that situation. Uh, the Manchester United off-pack going up, goalkeepers missing penalties, just bozo shenanigans across the board there. And bald people uh, misjudging themselves yet again on the biggest stage in European competitions. I just... We, we might need to have to do a separate Patreon about that just because, yeah. I, I mean, how we would discuss it. We, we, I mean, we spent the majority of Sunday discussing it, what went wrong, what was going on. And of course, Fahi, but for me and you, at the end of the day, we know that heritage always wins. Right. Oh, wow. Football heritage. Heritage. Wow. Without football heritage, you don't win the big stuff. And Man City saw that on Saturday, and so did a certain Peter and Michael. <laughs> They both saw it on Saturday night. When I, when I say in Chelsea have football heritage, this is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Listen, listen. <laughs> we can do this right now if you want. Chelsea have more <laughs> football heritage than Man City, that's for sure. 
And it clearly showed on Saturday. Like, you heard the crowd. The crowd were on it. They felt the vibes, the heritage vibes. Man City, Man City fans didn't know what to do. They've never been in that situation. They didn't see. They didn't know what songs to sing. They were no, just they standing there. Singing. They were just standing there like, yo, what's this? Well, what Should kind we of do Wonderwall again? <laughs> man, the heritage came through, man. Pep, Pep has blood on his hands for that one, man. Like, I like Pep. I'm Pep's fan, but come on, man. He left me and Mike just to get absolutely roasted, uh, Pep, man. And, and then you got Mike like, oh, I don't know what you're doing. I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> no, you're not. You're getting uh, off on the chat. You're not happy. You're <laughs> fuming, mate. You are fuming. Who are you kidding? The Coffee and Fracas chat, the WhatsApp chat, is, is a funny place to be. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of the chat when you are um, clearly the wrong and then defending yourself. Um but if you do want to get a little bit more of Copa and Fracas content, uh, this, whew, we've got the place for you. Our Patreon page is the place to be in the next few months and in the future go, uh, going forward. We've got so many good things planned. We've got uh, the award-winning transfer game. I'm not too sure what award it's won, but it's won an award. Can, I mean, Fahi, can you confirm that? It's won an award? What did you just say? I wasn't even listening, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> please, please I said we've got ahead. the... I said we've got the the award winning the award winning transfer game coming back very shortly on, on the that is coming back and I'm so excited and everyone keeps asking when is it coming back who's on whose team what are we going to do what is the budget this year I'm like just shut up and wait the game is coming <laughs> you'll wait and see it'll be great details of that will be will be revealed to the copy and cast tomorrow well today when they're listening to this uh, more, more more than likely um and of course, we've got our, you know what we do at Copham. We do it better than anyone else. We've got interviews with your favorite LFC journalists. Next week, we're sitting down with the one, the only Paul Gorse from the LFC, uh, from the Liverpool Echo, to talk about all things LFC. We'll be talking about the season just passed, Liverpool's transfer plans, the under 18s team that I know you followed very closely throughout the season as well, and, and much more. We know Paul Gorse is a very big hip hop head, so we'll be asking him for his top five albums of last year as well. Uh, that'll be available on the Copham Frackers Patreon page, and a little snippet might be available on the weekly main pod as well. So for that, all, all of that content, please do head over to www.patreon.com forward slash copyandfrackcast if you're watching on YouTube today, which you should be if you want to see me in my lovely shirt. And just and just the boys in general, really. It's nice to, see a, nice to see a friendly, smiling face at this time of year as well. Look at the bottom of your screen and in the YouTube description, it is there. So from just a little £3 a month, you'll get access to all that content and the back catalogue that we have on there as well. It's going to be a good summer for the Copland boys, and you don't want to miss out. So without further ado, let's get stuck into the show. And after months, it's, this has been the weirdest saga I've ever seen in terms of someone being called up for international duty, of all things. Normally, when we see something play out this long, it's a transfer saga. It's uh, it's, it's possibly Jaden Sancho going to Manchester United. It's, it's Thiago going to Liverpool. These type of things that play out for months and months on end, different sources getting involved. A lot of people had their opinions. Um, I'm pretty sure their opinions are based off one game against Manchester United three years ago, uh, in all honesty. But the imperious, the mighty, the phenomenal Trent Alexander-Arnold is in the England team for this year's Euros. Fahi, I'll come to you first on this. Um, we, we've been, a, you know, we are always staunch defenders, unless you're mush, uh, twerking for the offside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating on that mush pack tonight, boy. 
<laughs> I had to get it in, man. It was diabolical what I saw. This is a sicko. Seen... Honestly, yo, now Mercy is a big sicko twerking for Chessy <laughs> Hour and, and, and the footballing community in general. He's a sicko, man. He needs to get flogged. I've I've not wait, seen knees that wait, strong since Megan the Stallion. I'm wait, not gonna lie. Wait, let, let me let me get this right. So he went through his WhatsApp messages to what like, maybe like what like a year ago to kind of signify that he was always backing Reese James <laughs> over Trent or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? I saw, listen, I saw it. I woke up <laughs> on Sunday and I saw it and I was like. Oh, I'm gonna leave this. I'm not gonna say anything. And then I looked at it again. I was like, "Is he for real? Like, why have you done this?" <laughs> I've got, and of course, it was Muggy Mike himself that brought it to the attention of the group chat. Oh, <laughs> Just to get a little God. bit of heat off himself. We must, we've honestly got some true terrorists in the cop end group. Like, honestly, really some do, of the cast members, actual sickos. No, do you know what? Yeah, in all honesty, the, what he was saying, like, okay, I, I get it. Like, it was it, what he was saying was kind of right in an essence that. Um, one's a conventional, one's a like a unicorn. But the the trouble you went through to kind of drag <laughs> like your own right back. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Makes no sense. It's, it's feeding Peter to pay Paul. It made no sense whatsoever. You know what I mean? But uh... we'll, we'll move on from that. That's a thing that happened. I'm pretty sure the tweet's still up. So if you do want to go and find that, have a little bit of a laugh at that. Um, it is where it is. Uh, Fahi, I'll come to you. Uh, Trent Billy Linger squad. Um, talk me through it. Yeah, I mean, well-deserved, man. Like, end of the day, this should have never been a discussion in the first place. Lord knows why Gareth Southgate decided to do this. He loves to do this thing where he puffs his chest and tries to run rule over players. He did it with uh, Jack Grealish. Um, oh, that's, um, for, 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 sorry to interrupt you, Fahey. Yeah, go on. Jack Grealish. All three people in this conversation at the moment are Jack Grealish Hive. We are Grizzly Grealish Hive from now yeah. till the end. We've all been there day one. Fuck James Madison. We know what yeah. it is. James. I uh, look at Peter now. Now he's like, whoa, chill. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, hold on, brother. Hold on, brother. <laughs> you get too much dip on your chip. <laughs> we are Jack Grealish High from now until the end of time. And if you see us this summer, the three of us, Mike included as well, possibly Ellis in, I don't even know if they make 4XL. Um, English uh, <laughs> for that for that absolute unit of a human. Uh, but if you see us this this summer vibing um, at Box Park, wherever it may be, in England shirts with Jack Grealish on the back, just mind your business and let it play out, please. Mind your yeah, business. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm not supporting England, but just mind, your business. <laughs> mind your business. I support Grealish FC, baby. You know I what it is. Grealish FC, saucy FC, man. I support four players: Foden, Grealish, Trent, and Sancho. That's it. But yeah, <laughs> carry, carry on, Fai. Sorry. Yeah, no, like, Southgate yeah, loves to do this thing where he where he tries to run rule and show he's the big man by deciding to, like, ostracise players that clearly deserve to be in the squad. And he did it with Grealish beginning of the season. And Lord knows what point that guy was trying to pull. But, like, he, he didn't prove any single point because Grealish proved him wrong and made him look <laughs> stupid. And then he did the exact same thing with Trent where he tried to prove a stupid point, and his point was, well, he's not in form, so he's not playing. Well, mate, Eric Dyer's not in form. He was playing. You fucking picked <laughs> loads of players that weren't in form. So what kind of logic are you using? Anyways, he did this. Trent obviously proved him wrong. Southgate went to see him every single game, and Trent was there, whipping it in, scoring goals, bagging last-minute winners, and then puffing his chest to Southgate. Now, if Southgate was a real pussy old, 
he could have definitely not taken Trent. He could have done it, but he is not that shameless because if he would have done that, it would have been over for him. The, the f- amount of fume that would have come out of the press, the fans in general, no one can understand. No one with a brain cell can understand why you would leave Trent behind. It just didn't make sense. Now, obviously, he's taken three right backs. It's all good. You've got one right back that can play two positions. You've got another right back that can play two positions. You've got Trent that apparently he's going to slot into midfield. So, uh, listen, I don't know what Southgate's going to do. Ultimately, I wanted Trent to um, actually stay at home, rest, have a big preseason, have some fire in his belly for next year. But from a personal point of view, I'm really happy for him because it's clear as day it was affecting him. And it affected him to the point where he had fire in his belly at the end of the season and it helped us get third (laughs) position. So, you know, I guess we can kind of thank Southgate as well. Yeah, I think you yeah, go. I, think go. I, mean, I mean, he put the, um, put the, um, put the motivation, the motivation there for Trent. Like, 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 go on, go on. Um, uh, uh, kick off the kick off the end of the season. Um, I think you do look at it into into two different ways. Uh, again, it is a bit of a fool's decision to kind of even have this narrative kind of going on. Uh, but again, like we saw from the other side of the paradigm, he's he's just absolutely balled on. I mean, when you get to the point where you're putting pinpoint crosses from corners onto goalkeepers' heads to score last-minute winners against West Brom away. There's a point where you just have to say, we need to take this guy. Um, Peter, I'll come to you. Um, with Trent, the whole narrative, the whole, I, I, I think anyway, quite lazy narrative of he can't defend and he won't fit into this system that England want to operate in. It's like Farhi said, you, you take your best players as you make it work. Do you think this whole narrative that he can't defend and this whole England system has been a little bit of a lazy, a lazy one kind of going on for the past two to three months now? Yeah, for, for sure. Um, I think, obviously, like, um, with with England and the whole system and that, like, there's, I think, when you take it, so when, let's look, let's look at the squad. When you take, like, an international squad, I think the most important thing is that you have, like, the most, um, like, at the most um, weapons in your arsenal. So if you have like, you know what I'm saying? You have different players who can do different things. And then like in that, in terms of that, it makes so much sense to take Trent in terms of, okay, like you have other maybe fullbacks who are probably maybe better defensively or are quicker or more aggressive. But then you have this one like unicorn fullback who can basically win a game on his own. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's not many, there's, I don't, I can't think of hardly any fullbacks that can actually win a game on his own. You know what I'm saying? In terms of his, full striking ability in terms of his crossing, in terms of his um, striking, his set pieces. So in that essence, you have to take Trent. You know what I'm saying? But in terms of what you're saying, I don't think, like, just to be fair, I don't think, like, Trent should start every game. Like, I think there's different types of games for him in this England squad. So if you're if you're playing maybe, like, a France or you're playing, like, um, an, another team, I don't know, I don't, like, I don't know. For, but, yeah, just say France, and they're probably going to be ball-heavy. They're going to have much more of the ball maybe playing out of five at the back, then it's fair enough to play like a Walker or something like that. You know what I'm saying? If Mbappe's on his side or something like that. But yeah, you know I'm saying when you have a game where you're going to have most possession, you're going to like, um, you have Trent, he's going to be on the ball a lot. You're going to play people like Kane, Folding, Grealish. It makes sense to have Trent as well. You know what I'm saying? If maybe if, if, if you go behind and you need a goal, you know what I'm saying? You're going to want Trent at fullback. You're not going to want Reece James at fullback or Kyle Walker at fullback. You're probably better defensively, but Trent is better going forward. So it takes just much more sense to to take to take Trent for sure. No, one hundred percent. I think there are situational kind of 
points where you kind of have him in, in the game, if, even if he's not starting, like you said there. Uh, it also kind of baffles me as well that one of the things that England did really well in the previous tournament in the World Cup was kind of set pieces. And one of the people you do want in the team is someone who can take set pieces quite well. Uh, you know, obviously that now being Trent with James Ward Prowse not being in the squad either. So yeah, there, was, no, there was one guy. There was one guy who was like, "Oh yeah, let's." I think fine. You might know this guy. He was like, "Oh yeah, let's, let's take James Ward Prowse because he's better at corners." And like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, what are you just talking about? Like, Trent has the most iconic corners, like of of anyone in the last couple of years. He has Origi corner taken quickly. He has putting on Allison's head like. You know what I'm saying? Like, just say you don't want Trent to go because you like to have that agenda over Liverpool fans. I'll respect you more if you say that than having these bullshit excuses about James Will Prowse is a better corner taker. Are you crazy? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's, there's a few things I want to add to this, by the way. That, that, you know earlier, Chris, when you were talking about the uh, transfer game and then I wasn't yeah. listening. There's a reason I wasn't listening. There was a mad <laughs> quote. There's a mad quote that's just come out from Southgate. I need to read this to you. He said, if he could have picked five or six right-backs for England's Euro 2020 campaign, he would have done so. If he could have picked five or six right-backs, he would have done it. What yeah, are you on about? Crazy. I think, so what he's trying to say is that if the five right-backs are the best players in the squad, he'll pick them. So if they're the best footballers in the squad. But then again... <laughs> That doesn't make sense because England have been doing this thing for years where they keep taking the best players but not taking the players like the most balanced squad. So you end yeah. up playing full skulls left wing and then so and so right wing and then you know what I'm saying you have to take a balanced yeah. squad and a, a fairer squad. I, I think it's really interesting as well because there's kind of positions so Trent can probably you can there's about four positions that you could probably play for England, right? So you probably got like a right wing back spot, a right back spot, uh sitting six spot and an eight spot but like I think those positions you probably shouldn't play you should only play if he's only going to play a right, right back because I don't see the point in bringing him as a midfielder and trying it on in a major tournament you know what I'm saying like that makes no sense like you should have tried it in the friendlies you should have tried it way beforehand so yeah, it's too late it's too late you when man are saying that he's going to play midfield that that's strange to me like you either play him as a right back or don't play him as a, at all I don't even want to see him as a right wing back because he's not played there so why are you going to tell him to adjust you know well, he's, not even play, he's not even played as a midfielder fielder for his club for about, what, two, three years now? Weird. Longer than that, bro. <laughs> Longer than that. I haven't seen him play something in fucking years. So it's like, like it, it doesn't even like, make any yeah. sense. I thought, I, I, yeah. like, I'm not the biggest James Will Prowse fan, but like he's, Southgate has really bottled that, to be honest, in terms of the fact that you're taking four right-backs. Like, I know people are versatile and stuff like that, but now you're probably one centimetre short because you couldn't tell one of the right-backs to stay at home. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. it's just, it's just, just, just a bit weird. The thing is, to to be fair, to be fair to Southgate, I can a hundred percent see why the three right backs work out well. If you're playing a back five, you can play Kyle Walker as a right centre back, and then you can have James or Trippier at right back, or you can have Trent at right. Back. Okay, so what does Trippier excel at? What? Why? What? what listen, is listen, I don't rate. I don't rate Trippier at all. But the good thing with him is he can play right and left back. And then you've got so two left backs. You've got three left backs in the squad in Chilwell. Well, you couldn't play. Saka. Well, this is the, this Saka is the thing. So he's using, he's going to use Saka as a left back, but you he didn't include Ben Godfrey, who can play kind of pretty much all across the back four. But I think he's yeah. Got all Chilwell, right, you know what? And Shaw as well. Yeah. So if he didn't include one of them, then I would say fair enough to Trippier. But I don't see a game where Trippier should start. You know what I'm saying? If if you're playing a more defense, defensive, he side, loves Trippier though, man. Yeah, he, he loves. Does. 
But yeah, you've done it at the press conference today. I was like, for, for what? Why? <laughs> Shouldn't the captain be there? <laughs> yeah. He, also, another thing. Um, no one has actually mentioned it from a, from a Liverpool point of view, which is mad. I would love to see England versus Scotland, Trent versus Robbo. Oh, Just good. imagine that. The same side. Bruv, that would honestly be the sickest matchup. <laughs> I, I honestly can't work out who would win. I feel like I feel like Robin might spin him. No, I think he would. You know? It depends on the game state, though. So if 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 England are having more of the ball, Trent Robbo's gonna have to go out to close out Trent. You know what I'm saying? And that could leave spaces. Yeah. That could leave. But then if it's like a really picky bitey game where Robbo's gonna get in at him, get at him, then Robbo will probably win. But if Trent is having more of the ball, Trent will just kill him. Like there's no one that, that can handle. So entertaining. I hope it happens. That's gonna be really good. That's gonna be really fun to see. But they're quite opposite. The one, they're actually quite funny with them too. They're, they're opposites. They're, they're, they're mesh together really well. I mean, whenever you yeah. see them, kind of do, even the little things, like when you interact with each other, like, just from a banter point of view, it's just pretty... Uh, you can see both of them on the opposite end of the spectrum. The one thing we need to, to, to cover here, the biggest criminal of them all who's made this England squad is, is, uh, is Mr. Connor Cody. Um, Watch, <laughs> yo, yo, he used to play for the club, man. Come on, <laughs> like, like, yeah, he, he used to. Chris, why do you hate Connor Cody, though? Bro, why is he in the England squad still? <laughs> Tamori is right there. Tamori has been like one of the better players in 2021. I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. It's it's pretty obvious Southgate's not watched a single AC Milan game. You can't even tell you who the AC Milan manager is. <laughs> but it's even, it's even little things for me. It's like Mings. I don't get why Mings is in there when his centre-back partner in Ezri Conte has been the better player this season. So it's just little little stuff like that yeah. that don't really add up for me. But Also, here's an idea. Why don't you just... Sorry, to do the Trent thing. Why don't you just play Trent like how he plays for Liverpool, maybe? I don't know. Maybe you put Henderson <laughs> on the right hand imagine. side. Why don't you play players in their normal positions? That like, could work. Play, <laughs> I don't know if Henderson's fit or not, but why don't you just play Henderson on the right side of midfield and then Trent right back? I don't know. Maybe that would work and you'd get the same Trent. I don't know. I don't know. Instead of, imagine you've like, got Kane up yeah. front, man. It would be nuts. Trent pinging in crosses to Kane. Remember that um, the compilation video that Mike tweeted yesterday off the Copend account? Yeah, Did you see the amount of chances that. Trent created? Yeah, he created about eight chances, and they were all one on one, and it was just it, they fell to Sterling, and obviously that guy can't finish his dinner. So, mm. you guys, <laughs> you guys worried at all about Henderson? Yeah, I don't think he's fit. Him. I don't think he's fit, but I he's think um, yeah, he's definitely not fit. Yeah, he's not fit. I, th- I think the reason why Southgate's taken him is obviously he, he could use him around the squad. Um, he's obviously, he's actually the real captain. Harry Kane isn't no captain. Come on, we all know this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Henderson's the actual captain of the national team. Um, and obviously, if he can get a few minutes out of him and get him for the latter stages of the tournament from like game two, three, four, th- then it works out. But yeah, like Hendo is, he's the actual leader of the national team. It's, it's pretty obvious. So that's why he's been taken. But I don't think he's going to be starting from the start because um, he's had, he's got no match practice so so I don't know how it would work there's a bit of a benefit for taking him uh, I guess when you're looking from a Liverpool point of view is that he gets obviously intense training sessions where he can kind of rehab from that injury a bit more and if he gets a little bit of game time before pre-season as well that, that, that works out well for everyone involved there was one there was one quite funny thing that Sevgate did say when he was talking about kind of squad harmony and how the boys get on with each other he said that um, you know you know 
all, all the different groups. So obviously Kyle Walker still gets on with the Spurs lads because he used to play for Spurs, etc., etc. And then he said that obviously Raheem Sterling uh, gets on with some of the Liverpool gets on with the Liverpool lads because he you know he used to play for Liverpool. And I was there thinking, does he? <laughs> because didn't he slap up one of the Liverpool players? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so I was like, wasn't there war in the cafeteria not twelve months ago? So like, <laughs> where where both of them went off crying. Like <laughs> I, always, I, I always see Trent and Sterling always having arguments, rows as well. When we play each other, always as well. Oh, literally, yeah, like, just it's 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 ridiculous. And the fact that I thought the fact that he said that was uh, was 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 quite funny. But no, I think one of the interesting things could be if he did decide to kind of obviously play Bellingham as well on the right hand yeah. side. I know he normally just play on the left hand yeah. side, but a Trent Bellingham Sancho right hand side for for England. Would... The thing is, yeah. Sorry again to go on about this, but they have no, so but... many like sitters. They have so many like midfielders who just break play and give it to people. So yeah, like yeah. that's all Trent needs. That's all Trent needs. Like obviously Trent is not a bad defender, but obviously in a big stage, I understand that he's not the best defensively. So they have like Rice, you have Phillips. Literally, Phillips plays in a single pivot at Leeds with chaos, absolute chaos around him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah. like you got Calvin Phillips, you got Rice. Like they can literally break up play and then give it to Trent. You know what I'm saying? But it's the way he's setting up. Like he's setting up with like, yeah, he's just he's just he's either setting up to expose Trent or he's setting up with two sixes or it's just yeah, yeah, it's just he just doesn't know how to use Trent and this was kind of his excuse to leave him out, but then he just buckled under pressure. <laughs> so now he has to figure out a plan to use him. <laughs> but he doesn't have to use Trent. So and yeah, he's just, he's just a fool. But yeah, either 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 way, I'm like listen, I I'm not back in England, but I'm back in the boys, if that makes sense. <laughs> four boys, I'm back in four boys, and that's it. Trent, Foden, Grealish, Sancho, that's it. They're, they're my guys. That's what I'm back in. If you see me in an England shirt, it's not because I support England. It's because I support those four guys. That's well, it. The kit's kind of nice, though. I didn't say that. That kit's kind of <laughs> nice, still. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For all the flogging I give Southgate, he's actually picked the team I would have exactly picked. He's picked it player for player how I would have picked it based off the 33 that were there. Yeah. So yeah, I can't yeah. actually flog him too much because he's actually done exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, it would have been better if Trent rested, but it is what it is. If them players that we talked about that get on the same pitch at the same time, so you're Trent, you're Grealish, Foden, like... He Kane, wouldn't dare. Bob, he wouldn't like, dare. If all them can get on the pitch at the same time, the amount of fluidity that will come with it, all of them that are good on the ball, ball progression, chances, like, it could be crazy. I've got an inkling in my head that remember when England played Italy in the World Cup and they just let Perlo run wild. I feel like they're going to do the exact same kind of thing against Croatia, just let Modric just run wild. Basically, how we play Real Madrid in a way, <laughs> just, give, just way too much space to operate. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's like it's like you said, it's it's actually not a bad squad. Which in hindsight makes makes you think it's a, it's not a difficult squad to fuck up. You know what I mean? there's a massive pool of talent available and if you do manage to fuck it up then something says about you and your talent evaluation more than anything but no it's going to be an interesting summer I want to definitely look out for um, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the pod before we kind of like kicked off um, talk about smoking on up up, um, up packs Fahi I'll, I'll let you lead off the conversation with this um, there's something that I heard a few weeks ago is that Carlo Ancelotti was not um, was having a bit of an inkling about leaving Everton Comes out this morning um, that he might be going back to Real Madrid. Literally no. announced an hour ago that he's gone. He's actually left Everton, given back six million pounds of his own money uh, no. to go back to to go back to Real Madrid. Um, your thoughts on how fucking funny that is? 
Yo, the mighty Ev, man. The Merseyside billionaires. Yo, <laughs> big up the mighty Ev, man. They, this season, we were promised a title challenge after five games of Hammers Rodriguez pissing on the shittest players in the Premier League. They were certain there was going to be a title challenge. And then somehow, I don't know what happened, but within 15 games, that title challenge was done. Now, the Merseyside billionaires, they, they usually start off well and then they drop off. But for some reason, they were still certain that they were actually going to do something this season. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me see what these men do. They've got money now. They've got Hammers. They've got Don Carlo uh, managing. They've got DCL scoring goals. Richarlison thinks he's a big man nowadays. He's always trolling people online. I'm like, all right, cool. These men are clearly going to get Europe. That's a good season for the Ev. But what happens? They end up finishing 10th. They went from title challenging to finishing 10th and then their manager leaves them and he doesn't just leave them, he pays to leave them. <laughs> he literally gave up £6 million of his own salary to get out of that contract. Now, if that isn't funny, I don't know what is, but it's the fact that they legit thought there were actual challenges this season and the fact that they started off so well, they injured our best players and then we were falling off a cliff and they were certain the tide was changing. And what happens? They still end up 10th and we still end up in the top four and their manager leaves them. And it's just another season of the Merseyside billionaires resting in piss. The best, longest running sitcom known to man. Haven't won a trophy since 1995. Uh, it's still going on strong to this day. And all I've got to say to Everton is... <laughs> and you know what? You actually, you, know, the, you look at the rumours of who might be the next manager. Um, I actually think Stephen Gerrard managing Everton would be quite fucking funny. In all honesty, the match, give it, the, Moise. Give it Moise. Give it Moise till end of the season. But even if you look at him, you look at Gerrard. You look at even Martinez. Why would Gerrard and Moise leave their clubs at the moment where they've where they've got European football for a club who haven't got any European football? Listen, I don't know where that room has come from, and I don't know if the Athletic are just really trying to get some clicks right now, but that is the stupidest room I've ever seen. Why the hell is Steven Gerrard going to go to Everton right now when he knows he's going to get the Liverpool job in about three years' time? It literally, it legit doesn't make any sense. It's the most stupidest rumour of all time, and for some reason we pay the Athletic a subscription every single month <laughs> to read shit like that. That's a mad... I don't even know who that journal was. I need to find out. But that was a mad headline. Obviously, it's not going to be Gerard. It's probably going to be Moyes. Um, Eddie Howe could be a good shout for them, to be honest. But I don't know if the if the Merseyside billionaires are going to like his style of football. Do you know no, what? They're, yeah. like, they're, like, they're like playing for throw-ins. Sorry, Peter. Go on. You know what? Like, obviously, like, obviously they're rivals and um, they're a bit like... Obviously, like... that. I'll just say that Everton job is not like... It's quite an attractive prospect, you know. Like, sorry, just to just to look at it from the other side of point of view. That's yeah, quite like you, you it is. Never, quite you can never job. wear red again. Like, no, did, not not for not for not for Gerard or anything like that. But just in terms of say you're just like a a mid table sort of manager who wants to get to the top or like you're like it's good a, for Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe or something like that. Like they have money, right? And like they're a big club, they have big status, uh, kind of a decent stadium. It's just the fact that they're so poor with their recruitment. And the decisions they make around the club is so bad. Like, it's so, so bad. Like, even, like, when you, when you look at all their recent transfers, like, if you go through their whole team, 
that whole team just stinks of just bad signings. Like, you've got, like, Bernard. You've got, like, Sigurdsson. He's even one of the better ones. Like, Owobi. Like, you could Scott, like, just man that just... Yeah, Mina. Like, and there's no, like, transfer policy. Like, can you tell me what all these players have in common? They don't have nothing in common. You know what I'm saying? One's aged about 29. One's, like, even Rodriguez from, like, Real Madrid. Like, he had a good start, but, like... You know what I'm that saying? Was a, that, that, that was the definition of a marketing signing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like Andre Gomez as well. Like they just go for like it's very lazy recruitment. And they just go for like whoever's the biggest name on the market or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like you wouldn't be surprised if they went out and got like a Isco next. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how bad they're like, or if they got Gareth Bell or something like that. That's how bad their signings are. Like they just need to get him manager who would kind of like align the plans and the board together. And kind of like Hulk, to be fair, Hulk, um, Godfrey's probably been a good signing, but like everyone else, like, like I can't tell you what the transfer policy is. I cannot change like Josh you. King. Why was he signed? Yeah, like I can't tell yeah, you, that even, didn't make like, any sense. I can't tell you the way they play. I don't know what style of play they play. Like, and Slotty's come in and he kind of just changes the system for every game. Um, yeah, so they just need to, they need to sort it out, man. They got, they got, they got potential, but. It's just all a mess. It's all a mess. You know what? Don't also don't don't be surprised if they actually try and speak to Rafa as well. Legit, I'm not even joking. I like that. It it could work for Rafa because obviously Rafa's family still live in um, live in Merseyside and uh, like he he would he would actually jump at the chance to manage him. And no matter what anyone says, he would do it. So so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. But either way, they're they're gonna continue finishing. Seventh and below, like that, like Peter said, that they have no actual like structure or ideology or or a plan. They don't even know like what they're doing. When, when people say let's get billionaire owners and this that, like it's not just get billionaire owners and yeah, everything's rosy. Like you actually need a plan and idea and the structure and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, you need a vision. They haven't yeah, got a vision at all. It's just literally the definition of a scattergun approach. Um, I kind of, I kind of got an idea of what they were doing for last season. It's okay. We identified, in, identified a gap. What hammers and vibes? Well, it's not even it, the hammers one didn't make any sense because that was literally, like I said earlier, it's the definition of a marketing mm-hmm. signing. But when you look at what they did with signing Elan, Decore, uh, Godfrey, that kind of made sense. You, know, you get a little bit more. You, you get, you get, you get one player who's played in the manager style with Alan, obviously at Napoli. So you kind of get a bit of a foundation of how you want to set up and play, uh, set up and play, and kind of you know get yourself into the European places. But Jesus Christ, does it fall off a cliff, um, as it always does for Everton in the most crucial parts? But but yeah, no, I, I find I find it funny that their, their their entire highlight for the past ten years is, is is a win at Anfield, which you could see their reaction in the dressing room uh, said everything. So, like Fahi said, rest in piss, and uh, hopefully the, ne- the next manager continues the trend of them being absolutely shite. Um, Look at their just, uh, their managers as well. Like what like what are they trying to go with? like? So they go for Ancelotti, then they go for Marco Silva, then they go for like who was um what's his name? So they had Allardyce, they had Allardyce when they were near relegation, which was yeah, funny. he saved them. Um, yeah. Obviously, Kuman, the Kuman one actually kind of made sense, but the recruitment made no it's sense. Awful. Yeah, and then um, that's when uh, Marco Silva. Yeah, and then yeah, so even like all these managers, they're just not like they got nothing in common. There's just no vision there, like at all. It's just it's just all a mess, like. Bro, their vibes. They're, they're, yeah. they're legit. You know, it's like it's like giving Joe the opportunity to manage a club. Literally. <laughs> 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 it, it, it is legit just giving Joe the opportunity to manage a club. And that is what he's still available. Fucking get him in. Get him in. Fucking, <laughs> fucking honestly. Like me 
Yeah, come Obviously. on. He's, he's that Colombian guy in the World Cup. Mina, is it? Yeah, yeah, get him in this. Yeah, yeah, get him in He's tall, he's tall. He, he can have the ball. He literally <laughs> 40 million quid. <laughs> Makes no He's sense. a true sicko, man. But yeah, Everton are vibes, man. They're proper vibes. I, I can never take them seriously. Your Walcott, like, yeah, it's just, oh my God. It's just it's an just... absolute mess. Like, like I said, the way they were playing this season as well, they were just kind of getting results and they were getting results through Dominic Cavalier and being in form and set pieces. Like, that's literally all they were getting results from. Like, and every game, they would be like, obviously, some people don't like XG or whatever, but they would always be have low scoring XGs and they would also like, they don't create chances. They'll, they'll just take their chance. So it's no surprise that when the season plays out and everything all evens out, they end up finishing 10th because that form at the start of the season was unsustainable because you're not creating chances. You're not actually a good team that has a style of playing. You're just literally just getting lucky every match. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I also thought it funny that they uh, they won more games with fans in the stadium than they did without, uh, which is just hilarious because you're thinking those fans were actually helping the course as opposed to hindering it. So, um, yeah, they are Everton, aren't they? And they do funny things. Um, but back onto Liverpool, matters at hand. Possibly, again, one of the other longest-running um, transfer targets that we've known in recent memory. Uh, pat ourselves on the back here as a, as a Copain group because we were one of the first people to kind of um, inform the wider world that Liverpool had a long-standing interest with Ibrahim Akanate with our interview with uh, Mr Christian Falk of Built um, at the beginning of the year. Fahi, thank you very much for arranging that. You are a very good man. We thank you for all you do. Um but we finally got confirmation that Ibrahim Akanate will become a Liverpool football club player for next season. Um, he, we, we got to see him in the flesh uh, over the weekend as he played um, the Netherlands under-21 uh, with the French under-21, which that French under-21 team is absolutely stacked. And if you do look at both centre-back pairings for both teams, they're better than most Premier League centre-back pairings, yeah, which is hilarious. Every single one of them, by the way. Yeah. So who, wants to, <laughs> who wants to be Liverpool's next, next back centre-back? Step on up. So, Upper Meccano, Canate, Botman and Schurz. Like, uh, Botman got spun by um, Ikone. Yet again, another Liverpool Lynx player, which was the Liverpool Bowl. Peter, I'll stay with you on this. Um, Ibrahim Canate, 21 years old. Um, you look at the player profile, the overall stature of the uh, of this young man. Do you think this is another shrewd um, signing from Michael Edwards and the recruitment team at Liverpool? Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. Like, obviously, I watched. I, like you said, I watched on um, Bank Holiday Monday, Holland versus France. And, like, just looking at him, like, bam, like, pause. But that guy, he's a big guy. He's a, he's absolutely massive, pause. Like, honestly, that, that's the first match stands out, honestly, because, like, he's, like, what, like, six foot four, six foot five, like, just yeah. big. And, like, there's no way, like, anyone, I don't see anyone, like, in terms of being able to bully him, muscle him, win the header against him. Like, he's so impressive, like, in that, that regard. And obviously, he was the captain. I think that game was quite interesting because um, that's the first time I see Upper Mancano actually look quite good. So, I'll say Upper Mancano probably did look a bit better than Kanate in terms of being on the ball. But, yeah, Kanate's definitely got all the attributes that you'd want to definitely plan a defence. So, in terms of him being physically dominant, him being quick, him being able to, like, win his duels. And, yeah, he, look, he looks, looks very impressive. I think... There's a couple of things I think you probably have to need to work on. So there's a couple of times where he got kind of caught out um, with like a couple of like through balls and stuff like that. To be fair, he was playing with like a bozo, two bozo fullbacks, to be fair. 
But yeah, true. He, he probably Klopp does probably need to work on him with his position and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely I like I like that signing and yeah, I'm happy with him for sure. Fahi? Yeah, he 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 looks like a robust version of Matip, to be honest. And I don't mean robust in the sense of uh, in, not injury prone, because clearly he's had a few injuries himself. But from the sense of his physicality, pause. He looks much better, much stronger. He's good with the ball. He brings it out. He he passes positively. You guys can shake your head. I have to pause. Well, the the, uh, the pause police are in full effect today. <laughs> Listen, if I don't pause, someone's going to pull me up on it. I don't. I don't need a text being like, "Yo, why did you say this for?" So I need well, to pause. Well, well, well brother. Yeah, well, brother, what did you mean by that? <laughs> but yeah, in general, from what I've seen, I obviously, um, I only started watching Leipzig for Timo Werner. So obviously, that's Chris's favourite striker. So I, yeah, I all, all, I'll say is, all I'll say is, I warned you, didn't I warn you? Yo, listen, you say that, he spun City and he won a Champions League, so shut your yeah, mouth. He, did. he was getting, yeah, he was getting, well, that's, that's, yeah, that's the funniest thing. Rest in piss. <laughs> <laughs> he had a fucking stormer of a season. He did. He won the Champions League. He <laughs> won the Champions League or did Chelsea win the Champions League? Yo, yo, listen. He spun Ruben Diaz and John Stones a new one on Saturday night. I thought Werner was actually really good. <laughs> as as you said, he uh, he had a Ruben Diaz eating grass like a cow. Um... <laughs> 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 oh yeah, I was on one that night, boy. You were doing um, very well. I gotta say, I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, with Kanate, I only started watching him because of obviously number one for Werner, and I think you guys were talking about Upamecano quite a bit. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me see what this Upamecano is about. Let's see what the what vibes he's bringing. And really and truly, I was actually more impressed by Kanate, and that's what I said to you guys after a couple of games. I was like, yo, I've watched these guys quite a few times. Kanate actually seems like the better centre back. So um, since that day, I was like, yeah, let's go for let's go for Kanate because clearly they were both um, up for sale. So I'm happy it's happened. Um, I, I think it's a great deal. He's obviously uh, of a really good age in terms of um, potential ability. He leads the under-21s for France. and um, He's going to get into the national team at some point soon. Um, I, I like all the attributes that he has. I do agree with Peter. He he does have a bit of a bozo gene, but again, that could have been because of the fullbacks he was playing with. Um, I think when he has a calm and assured partner such as a Van Dijk or a Matip next to him, he, he will look even better. But yeah, he, he, even the game yesterday against Holland, um, I, I watched a few clips and, and he seems to do his job quite well. So um, I'm super excited. I can't wait to see how Klopp lines him up and who he lines him up with. Clearly, it's going to be Van Dijk and Gomez or Konate. And I think they can both bring different elements of their game for different opponents. I don't, I don't think there's one rule of a centre-back pairing and when it comes to Van Dyke, Gomez, and Kanai. So, um, yeah, super excited. Super excited. All right, so i got a question for you guys. What, so what, what does, this, does this mean for Joe Gomez? And how confident I, are you about Joe Gomez like, coming back into the lineup? I don't think I don't, I don't think it means anything negative for Joe Gomez. I think what it does mean, though, is he is not a guaranteed second-choice centre-back moving forward. Now... There's a reason for that, and unfortunately it is because of the amount of injuries he's had. And he's had some serious injuries, and obviously they're not his fault, but he's had them. And that's going to take a toll on your body. Now, yeah. Klopp has to look at the situation, and he's got to be like, yo, obviously I rate Go Gomez. I, I think he's super talented. I've been playing him next to Van Dijk all this time, ahead of Joel Matip, who's been really great for the team as well. But 
if his body's been broken down so many times, how much can I really rely on him? Mm. So, so the sensible thing to do is find another player to kind of combat that and kind of go against him and, and go for that number two position in defence. So um, I don't think it means anything negative. I think it just means he's got a bit of a challenge. Ultimately, Gomez has had a challenge against Matip as well. Matip was fantastic um, at 2019-2020. So... Um, 2018-2019, sorry. Um, so, yeah, Gomez dealt with that quite well. He, he could possibly do well against uh, Kanate as well. It's going to be interesting to see, but I don't think it's anything negative at all. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think this is what we want. This is In terms of, like, we, we should look at ourselves as a top top team, like a, a top, you know, super team. And we want, like, all the best talents. And really, I'm seeing the cream rises to the top. And I think Gomez and Kanate should look at it as a challenge. And, you know what I'm saying, whoever's better should be the second-choice centre-back. You know what I'm saying? Whoever works the hardest and earns the spot should be a second-choice centre-back, so for sure. But yeah, it's just it's not guaranteed. Like, obviously, not, it just means that now it's not guaranteed that Gomez is obviously second-choice. Yeah, I think it also depends on the opponents that you're facing, to be honest. Honestly, because Gomez isn't very good in the air. That That is a fact. The, yeah. the stats literally show Gomez is crap in the air. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, like it, it purely depends on who we're going against. But Kanate is quick as well. Like he's just crazy. Like he's quick as well. Like so, it's nuts with him. But I don't know. It's weird. I think it's funny because I think Van Dijk and Klopp proper like Gomez. Like they really, really like Gomez. So even like in terms of, I remember the was it the eight no was it nineteen twenty season. I think Matip was in better form because we won the um, Champions League and Matip obviously was playing and he still start. We started the season against Norwich with Gomez and he probably should have played Matip. But yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I think I think I think it'll be a good challenge for both of them. No, I completely agree. Um, I think you, you nailed it there. Uh, nailed it on the head, Peter. He's you know he, he's really quick. I mean, one of the things he does need to improve on is kind of his uh his his long passing from the back. There's no Liverpool obviously do like to build a play uh, from that kind of remit. Really, um, that's one of the things he does have to improve on. But again, it's it's looking like a very smart acquisition for Liverpool. I'm looking forward to seeing him in the squad next season. Um, Speaking of Liverpool Football Club and the Euros, as we kind of discussed earlier on, um, I want to ask you guys a couple of few questions before we do kind of um, kind of sign off on today's pod. Um, Peter, I'll start with you. Um, I want to know from you who you think has the biggest chip on their shoulder, the biggest point to prove heading into next season and it can really kind of put down a marker in this European uh, Championship. Um, yeah, it's, it's got to be Trent, hasn't it? It has to be Trent because, in terms of like even the post he put today, is what was just like prove the silences, like was this doubt something about proving people wrong or whatever. So obviously he's clearly got a chip on his shoulder in terms of there's some people who think he shouldn't be there. He splits opinion, um, like there was kind of the idea that he wasn't going to go, but now he's going. So in terms of when he does get minutes on the pitch, he probably should try to impact the game and. Probably do well, but like obviously to us, he hasn't got anything to prove. You know what I'm saying? We know how good he is. He's been performing for us for the last three seasons. He's one of our key players. He's our best creator in our team. So we know we know how good he is. But obviously, as a, from a personal point of view, he'll want to prove the hate that was wrong and the hate is wrong that for some reason keep hating on him. I don't know why, but yeah, weird weird people. Fahi, who would that be for you? Trying to decide. It's tough because I'm thinking about who's actually going to the Euros from a Liverpool shirt and you're looking at players like Jota, Robertson, um, Wijnaldum. So so if that's the case, 
you, uh, other than Trent, really and truly, Origi didn't even get picked for Belgium. So <laughs> who's that you guy? You can't even say he's putting who himself in. that his guy? <laughs> Bruv, he's been benched by, not even benched, he's been ousted by Benteke. So, so like, yeah, I can't exactly. even say Origi's trying to like prove himself and put himself in the shop window because he didn't you know even what? make the squad. A cheeky one. I think Jota, I think Jota's got that type of ego where he wants to be known as one of the best attackers in Europe. And I think he kind of believes himself to be one of the best. And he wants to be yeah. that level. So I think he will want to have a big um, Euros, you know what I'm saying, to kind of prove that, okay, like, I, I am a, like, one of the best attackers in the world and I justify my move to Liverpool, you know what I'm saying? And he's been doing well for Portugal as well. Recent, yeah, Portugal, yeah, yeah. He comes on and scores, maybe scores ahead or whatever. So I think Joel probably has a chip on his shoulder, you know? I, I think I think of all the Liverpool players going, I think he's going to have the best um, tournament because I actually think Portugal... Portugal are going to do really well and I think he'll flourish for them. Um, I don't think he has a chip on his shoulder though to, to kind of prove a point or anything. I just think he will probably um, ha- have the best tournament out of all the Reds going. I think a, a pretty wild card, I say wild card shout, I think a good shout for this would be uh, Harry Wilson uh, for one. If you think of combining oh, not both that guy. Oh, don't do this. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I'm, 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 I'm combining the two together, Ree. So you think... Nah, Bit Chris, bit man. Don't a guy who's got a guy who's got a point to prove. He had, he had a really good season in the championship for Cardiff. Um, you know, scored a hat trick to kind of close out the season as well. A really well taken hat trick, it has to be said. And if you're thinking of guys who kind of need to kind of evaluate their future options and can elevate the level of club they can possibly go to this summer, one of them is definitely Harry Wilson. I mean, he's 24 now. He's not getting any younger, and he needs to kind of have a really good Euros where he produces some standout moments for a club. Let's say a club like Crystal Palace, a club like Crystal Palace that are possibly looking to rebuild, looking for some fresher players heading into next season. Um, you know, he, he needs to fetch himself that kind of fifteen million pound move to really kick on for the rest of his career. Now, I don't, I don't understand how this bloke is getting. All... Listen, I like Harry Wilson. He he's got tech. He has literally got tech. But what's so frustrating is we've seen him perform and no one buys him. So just yeah. like. Well, like, what do you do with this guy? Like, he played in the Prem first half of the season, he was great, and then obviously Bournemouth fell apart. So then he didn't. He uh, that, that, was, that was Bournemouth tax, to be fair. Was, that was Bournemouth tax, right? That season. Was he not Bournemouth's so, top goal so, scorer right, at one point? Yeah, yeah he, he was like eight or nine goals. Like, so, like, we've seen him perform, but I don't understand how him having a good season for. It was Swansea, right? Cardiff. 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 Yeah, sorry, same thing. Um, oh, it, <laughs> <laughs> don't write up the Welsh listers, fucking hell! <laughs> listen, li- li- listen. I don't, I don't, I don't understand how him performing well in the championship for yet another season helps him. I don't think the Euros is going to help him. There's always going to be some sort of tax applied to Harry Wilson's name for some reason, and and I don't actually know what it is. But I don't know how we get rid of this guy. Like, like he's had, am- he's he's proven himself ample amount of times, yet nothing yeah, happens. Yeah. It's true, it's true. Uh, it's, it's so it's, frustrating because we, it's, it's we should have sold agents. How do we sell Solanke for twenty-two million pounds? How do we sell Ibe for eighteen mil? But we can't sell Harry Wilson, who actually scores goals and creates chances. It, it's actually mental. It's weird. So, uh, some people have clout and some people don't have clout. <laughs> it's what everyone's like. It's, it's just so weird. mad. It's so mad. Because it, well, it, if if Shaq's going, we need Shaq to have a good tournament so we can sell him. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, okay. I've got I mean, a Anik, Anik, Anik will cry, but I mean, it's a small price to pay for salvation. Um, at the end of the day, um, we, we need to just move. We, I mean, this is the thing. It's like obviously we need to do. We do need to sign some attacking players this this, this summer. But I mean, we've talked about it at length. But I don't think we can also sell. I don't think we can even. We can, I don't think we can bring in certain attacking players without knowing that who's not going to be here in the summer. So Shaq needs a good perform. Shaq needs a good kind of tournament to kind of put himself in the shop window for a higher caliber of team. Um, yeah, at the moment for me, he's kind of at that Hertha Berlin level. I'm going to call out something, by the way. Now this is a wild, wild shout. Go on. But I think potentially you could use Harry Wilson in a deal for Rafinha. I honestly think that, and the reason I say that is Leeds were very interested in Harry Wilson once upon a time. Yeah, uh, it was even early last season they were interested, and I have a feeling you could try and push him into that deal, and it works out for him as well. Good, attractive club, play good football, um, not terrible, not terrible at all, and obviously we get a cheaper price for Rafinha if it did happen. Yeah, for sure. I know they were interested in him and Dan James. They were the top two <coughs> targets in terms of wingers last summer. And you got to think, he's better than people like Tyler Roberts and people like that. So he could definitely fit in their system. There's a couple of different... They can play him as a CF, they can play him as a right winger. So yeah, for sure. No, 100%. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um from from a Liverpool point of view, I think like like you said, the two players I think the positive need to have really good tournaments in terms of putting themselves in the shop window are for sure <laughs> Jens Shakiri and Harry Wilson, just just so we can kind of get them off the books really and kind of get to cracking in the transfer market in in, in all honesty. A, a, any guys that you think from a Liverpool target point of view, um you're gonna keep a close eye on during these Euros. I mean, for me personally, uh, I'm really, I'm a big fan of Ryan Gravenberch uh, of Ajax in the Netherlands. Uh, I think he'd be a very good optimal um, Genie Wijnaldum replacement. So I'm going to be keeping a close eye on him. Is there anyone that you guys are going to be keeping a close eye on? I'm kind of heading into Yeah, there's there's a couple to be fair. Um, There's one that plays in France called Kylian Mbappe and the other one's Jadon Sancho. Um, so they're, 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 they're the two that um, I'll be I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on to see like how they do, you know, big tournament and all that against the big hitters. Let's see what so, yeah, they can handle the pressure. You know what I mean? Can they handle the pressure? Can, can I see them in a, in a red shirt? So um, yeah, they're, they're who I'm going to be focusing on. To be honest, that's it. Um, probably Malin. So Malin from Holland as well, the striker, and Isaac. I- Isaac's at Sweden, right? So yeah, um, him. Yeah, I think them, them he had a really good season, season, didn't he? Yeah, really good season. Yeah. So yeah, that's the one. That's, that's that's the one youth prospect that you can really say that uh, Dortmund dropped the ball on. Yeah, you think about for it? Sure. Yeah, for sure. But and I know Zlatan's not going as well, so he will definitely have that strike spot to himself. So yeah, definitely will be interesting. There's a couple couple people to keep her out. No, for sure. I'm also going to be keeping a keen eye on uh, Nicola Barella. Uh, of Italy as well. Uh, you know, you're looking at kind of Inter Milan's uh, cash flow issues, to put it nicely. He might be one of the players that they unfortunately have to part with. Um, and I know that Klopp and the Liverpool hierarchy are a big fan of the player. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting Euros, kind of who we see. I always like that kind of feeling. I, I, always, I always find it a bit weird that we kind of, 
uh, appreciate players more and kind of give them a little bit more credence when they have these really good performances at the Euros. Uh, I think, like, like for me, I always knew Max Rodriguez was a baller, but when he hit that goal uh, against Mexico in the World Cup, I just rated him a little bit more just because of the sheer outrageousness of that. Um, so it's kind of weird how moments like that do impact our long-term thinking on players and their, and their viewpoints. But no, it's definitely going to be interesting. And the only place that you need to be locked into uh, for all your Liverpool content going into the summer and uh, heading into next season is Cop and Fracas. And if you do want more of the premium content, you know, that, that, that good stuff, you want that really good stuff, and head over to www.patreon.com forward slash Cop and Fracas and sign up from as little as £3 a month today. So that has been your episode of Cop and Fracas for uh, Wednesday. 2nd of June. I always get confused because we always recorded the day before. Uh, I have been your host, Chris, and I've been joined by Peter and Farheed to discuss all things LFC. Uh, we will see you next week to talk more things, maybe trans- more transfer stuff, but we will definitely be there, and we'll see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.